What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Blood Moon Paranormal Podcast. I'm Zach, lead investigator of the Blood Moon crew. And I know it's been a little bit since we posted a podcast. We've been a little busy uh, between, you know, making more of these videos and the investigations. I started film school and uh, just work has just been super crazy with the housing market um, blowing up recently. And uh, we've just been busy and we want to really improve the consistency of these podcasts by um, posting once a month at the very least. And once we have that consistency there, we want to kind of focus more on doing it uh, two times a month. And we'll see where we go from there. Hopefully we can do it three, sometimes four. Uh, we'll, we'll just see what we can do. But for right now, we're going to do these podcasts once a month. And we're trying to improve them with different episodes beyond just here's a location. We're going to talk about it. And beyond just here's the top 13. We're going to be talking about different topics throughout um, these podcasts as well as having guests on the show more often. Uh, I know we only had one guest on and that was Emily. And she's a part of our crew, obviously. And uh, yeah, we just want to start having these podcasts more often, uh, more guests, more topics, all that kind of stuff. So I apologize about the delay on a podcast. And um, yeah, here we are. We're going to be doing another podcast and doing more throughout the year and next year and beyond. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about a place that we went to and investigated. And we're going to be talking about the history of it. We're going to be talking about the paranormal activity, um, where my sources are and whatnot. And um just yeah just talking about it we already talked about it prior hand but i want to dive deeper into the history dive deeper into the paranormal and kind of just debunk and discuss some of our evidence that we caught back then uh when we were kind of starting out still um so yeah uh let's get into talking about our episode 7.2 the elgin metal casket factory So first and foremost, I want to say that I did used to work here, and this place has a very, very strong place in my heart, um, the Elgin Casket Factory. It was one of the first investigations that we did as Blood Moon, and um, kind of started doing it. We also did it like when we started getting a little more no notoriety, so like when we did Penhurst Asylum, we did this one a week later as a return investigation. However, I did not work at the Casket Factory. I worked in the Casket Factory, but at the Haunted Attraction. And I just want to say this right off the bat, if you're watching this or listening to this and trying to hear the name of the attraction, I will not be saying it, as well as I won't be saying the names of any individual involved with any of the things I'm going to say about this location. Um, so if you're looking for that, guess what? You're not going to find either the names of the location or the names of the people involved. Um, and right off the bat, I just want to state my sources for the history, uh, the Elgin Police Department, Elgin City Hall, uh, Elgin History Museum, Kane County Recorder, and Cook County Recorder. I did a lot of research on this building while I was here um, for working here, and I was just really infatuated with the history and what I was told about it, and was really bummed when I found out that there's no records of a lot of the history that was told about it. So yeah, let's start getting into the history section. The building was built in 1890-1890s-ish, uh, um, so it was originally built as the Western Thread Company, and what they would do is they'd just make fabric, and it wasn't for caskets, it wasn't for anything in particular, it was just fabric. Um, by the late 1920s to early 30s, it started to make metal casket hardware, so it turned into the Western Casket Hardware Company, or I, I think that's the name of it, but that's when they started making casket hardware, so things such as uh, casket handles, plaques, crosses, all that stuff just to put on the casket. So they didn't make full-size caskets yet, 
just the pieces that go onto the wooden caskets and whatnot. And that's all they did for the longest time as well, until the 40s or 50s when it turned into the Elgin Casket Factory. And it was kind of a big deal because they were making metal caskets, and metal caskets were the huge hype at the time. Everybody wanted a metal casket, especially from the Elgin Metal Casket Company. Um, it was just a very well-known brand. They were very good quality caskets, and they were making them in that building. Now, John F. Kennedy was transported from Dallas to D.C. in an Elgin casket after the original was damaged trying to load him onto the plane. However, he was not buried inside of an Elgin casket. He was transported from Dallas to D.C. in it, and then he was put into a different casket um, that was, I believe, I'm like 95% positive that the casket he was put into was wood. And the Elgin casket that he was transported in was then taken by the Air Force and dumped into the Atlantic Ocean. So that way it wouldn't become an object of morbid curiosity. Now, President Coolidge was buried in an Elgin casket. Um, so there was one president that was buried in one. Now, to get into the cyanide spill, uh, I don't have the dates on this, unfortunately. I tried to find the dates on this and it just wasn't a huge thing in the newspaper from my understanding. Uh, no one was killed or harmed during the cyanide spill, uh, did not get into the river, was cleaned up pretty quick, and um, confer it was confirmed by a casket worker. When I was working at the haunted attraction, a casket worker came in and he was telling us about the spill. Um, so it must have been fairly closer to the time that it actually um, closed, that the spill happened. It it's a possibility that it could have caused the closure of it, but that's um, we'll get that into that in a little bit. But the cyanide spill was cleaned up, and it was caused by a casket worker, and this was confirmed by a casket worker. Um, the cyanide was used in a in the metal fabrication process. Um, I don't know the full process, but it was used in the process of making the casket parts. Um, I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe that it might have been used to bend the metal, or maybe it was the byproduct of... Um, you know, forming the metal almost. The Elgin Casket Factory then moved out of state in 1977, um, and it was no longer inside that building. The building was left abandoned for only a short period of time before being purchased for use of other businesses. So it wasn't really abandoned for too long. Um, I believe it was only abandoned for two years, if that, and right away someone purchased it and started using it for other businesses if you look at pictures of the front of it from uh, throughout time periods you'll see different business logos on the front door on the side of it and stuff like that so it wasn't necessarily abandoned until the haunted attraction got there it was you know in use for different companies such as like uh, cabinetry people and car tile people carpenters stuff like that so it was put into use there is one section that was abandoned and that was condemned and uh obviously can't use that now uh it's been condemned for a very very long time um, i've seen inside of it it is in really bad shape and the haunted attraction was never inside of that section of the building they were always inside of an area that was used throughout its history it was used for different businesses in 2007 or 2008 the haunted attraction did start in the factory um it was a haunted attraction long before that but they started in the factory in 2007 or 2008. I personally started working there in 2018 and left in 2021. This is because things just didn't work out and I wish it was that simple. But anyways, let's continue on with the history. In my own research over the years, there seems to be a lot of false claims about the building. Now I'm not saying that 
it's not possible that these things have happened, but there is nothing in my own research that proves that any of this happens. And as far as I know, nobody has found proof that any of this happened. So to start the list off of things that um, are claimed to have happened there that I could not find anything on, uh, there was no mutilated bodies found. I couldn't find anything with gang violence involved inside of the building. There was no murders or deaths recorded in any of the places that I looked. There was no police report on cult activity, no evidence of cult activity in the building, and if you look around, you cannot find much graffiti at all, and any graffiti that are on the walls or on the floor of the building has things to do with the businesses that were there prior hand. So if they had a pump somewhere, they would write pump on the wall with spray paint or something like that. But there was no graffiti of any gangs, no graffiti of any cults. So there was no like, um, you know, pentagrams on the wall and stuff like that. There's no graffiti inside that building whatsoever relating to gang activity or cult activity. And there's no reports of mental patients hiding inside of the Cassia factory and no tunnel system on record that leads from the casket factory to the Elgin men mental health facility. And again, like I said, this is in my own research. So there's, you know, is a possibility that these things have happened there, but according to Elgin City Hall, Elgin Police Department, the Elgin Historical Society, Kane County Recorder and Cook County Recorder, none of these things ever happened inside of that building based on police reports, death records, and all of that stuff. Uh, newspaper articles, nothing. The only thing you can find on these things happening are on online um, resources from the haunted attraction and from ghost groups that have been told stories about this place. On top of all of that, when I worked here, a longtime employee of the haunted attraction told me that the stories that are told are made to increase the intensity of the haunted attractions. Now, this is what he told me. I am not saying that this is true or false, I'm saying this is what he told me. After he had told me that, I continued to dig even further into the history and tried to find legitimate evidence that what he was telling me was true, that it was just made up, such as trying to find those death records, trying to find those uh, police reports and whatnot, and could not find any legitimate evidence of death or murder or gang activity or cold activity inside of this building. Now let's move on to the paranormal aspect of things. In 2015 I found the casket factory through a haunted, the haunted attraction and they were advertising ghost tours inside of their merch shop. I had no clue that the building was haunted, I had no clue about anything to do with that. The first ghost tour I did there was actually with Chris Fleming which is a world renowned psychic medium and paranormal investigator. Several things happened throughout our investigation with him. Um, one person had a nosebleed uh, with an EVP that said make her bleed, and there is several K2 hits. Beyond that, we use a spirit box, and in my opinion, a lot of the responses coming through the spirit box sounded like radio waves. In 2016, we finally scheduled an investigation there as Blood Moon, and it was super hot in that building. Um, we also got EMF hits inside of there, and... Uh, SB7, some, some responses through the SB7 spirit box, and a possible um, mimic encounter. Uh, so they say that there is three entities that remain there um, that are demonic, and uh, one of them is the mimic ghost. And the mimic is said to mock or show themselves as somebody that works there or is in the building. 
based on the history and what I told you guys about the history and about all of the research that I've done on this building, I don't believe that there is any demonic entities inside of this place whatsoever. Again, I believe it might have been something that was made up by the uh, haunted attraction people to kind of intensify the haunted attraction itself. And this could be true. This could be false. I don't really know. Um, you know, it's the paranormal. We don't know. However, I spent a lot of time here and can honestly tell you that I've never had a demon attack whatsoever. And by a lot of time, I mean all of 2019. If you keep up with Blood Moon, you may have noticed that we didn't post much in 2019. That's because I was here from November of 2018 to September of 2019. Six days a week from on weekdays, five to midnight sometimes, and uh, Saturdays from noon to midnight sometimes. So I was here quite often in building and, you know, being inside of the factory itself and nothing demonic has ever attacked me, ever attached itself to me whatsoever. And I, I personally welcomed it and you may say that, it, why would you do that? Why would you welcome it? Because I want to see what would happen if I welcome something in and again, nothing has happened. I believe that the paranormal activity inside of this building are strictly residual. I don't think that there's anything demonic or anything intelligent there. It is strictly residual energy from the casket workers back in the day and the Western thread workers back in the day. Now, like I was saying, the mimic, uh, it had mimicked Ryan's voice, which is one of our investigators at the time. And I thought I heard him down the hallway. What I didn't realize is that there was a window right outside into the courtyard where he was. He was right outside that window. He was in the courtyard and we were in the hallway right there. Now, it's a possibility that this wasn't the mimic at all. He had said something in the courtyard and it echoed all the way down the hallway. So I just wanted to debunk that right off the bat. Um, and we're going to get into the next section, which is our 2018 investigation, which will, I'll also debunk some stuff from 2016 and 2018 in that one. Now in 2018, I decided let's go back. You know, I had just started working at the haunted attraction and I wanted to go back and investigate it. Now knowing that I work there in the rooms that are inside of the attraction. So we returned and like last time we got K2 hits. This time we had an ovulus device which is runs off of EMF and we got tons of responses through that. Now the problem that I noticed this time around was that the power wasn't entirely turned off when we were doing our investigation. So that meant that random wires throughout the attraction which was wired through the walls and up top and in high places were not fully turned off and energy was running through them. So the K2 would occasionally go off because of that. And the ovulus device would go crazy because there's energy that's randomly flowing through those wires. On top of it, there is power lines that are very, very close by that also, if you got close enough distance to, would start to make the equipment go off. During this investigation, I made the mistake of following along with one of the employees who was like, hey, do you want to quote unquote pull the prank on them, on your investigators? And I said, sure. He took me into a access hallway um, for the attraction and it was locked off and blocked to any investigators. He took me back there and he showed me this wall panel that all he had to do was just pick up and drop, pick up and drop, and it would make a loud enough noise to where they would hear it inside the building. And we sat back there and that's exactly what he did. 
when my investigators were investigating, we were back there and he would drop it occasionally. He would drop it occasionally. And they took it very seriously. They did a very good job and tried to follow it to where it was coming from and unfortunately couldn't find out until the end of an investigation when I told them what had happened. Now, I don't have proof saying that, you know, this is true, so you could take my word on this as a grain of salt, but this is what I am telling you about this investigation. So a lot of the evidence from 2016 and 2018 were completely botched by uh, Faulty Electrical, and that's all I have to say about that. From 2018 to 2021, when I was working there, like I had said, I never had much of a paranormal experience inside of that building. It just wasn't, it wasn't happening. And I was there quite a bit. I was in the building so much that you can probably turn off all the lights and I could be in pitch black darkness and I could walk the halls all the way from entrance to entrance and find my way through, no problem at all. What I learned about the building and the newer section that they got put in is that there is a lot of EMF problems. No offense to the people who installed the electrical, but there is a lot of faulty wiring going through that building that causes EMF to just go off the charts. The other problem is that a lot of the building is surrounded by electrical power lines. They actually bleed through the blocks and cause EMF meters and ovulus devices to go off periodically, and it makes you think that you're receiving activity, but you're actually not. It's from the power lines that are in and near the building. I mean, it's literally like follows the building border almost. But yeah, I mean, not much happened during my time working there. Uh, there was ex one experience with a whisper, but there was other tenants in the building. So it's a possibility that it was another tenant that was talking. And I just thought maybe it was a whisper. And there was a couple of other incidents that um, happened that I don't know if I can really claim as paranormal evidence because I don't know I some of the things I didn't see and people told me they saw and I just don't know and with haunted attractions it's tough because with the lights going and the music blaring and stuff like that you're bound to see something in the dark that's why oftentimes when I'm investigating and I see like a shadow figure down the hallway and I'm in the dark I try to just be careful about calling it out because I don't know if my eyes are playing tricks on me or what and that happens a lot when the lights are going on and off and on and off and on and off it's just one of those things that you just don't know if you should claim it or not because it's it's haunted house lighting you know what can you do about it but yeah anyways that is that that is me debunking pretty much all of my evidence that i captured at this location um telling you the history that i did research on and that i found at like i said the elgin city hall the Elgin Police Department, Elgin Historical Society, Kane County Recorder, and Cook County Recorder. I found all of this research there. No evidence of death, no evidence of cult activity, no evidence of any of the stuff that I had mentioned earlier that has no evidence to. And despite all of this, you know, I, I highly recommend going to check out the Haunted Attraction. If you go on Google and type in the Elgin Casket Factory, you'll find the name of the Haunted Attraction. It's not a bad one. It's actually pretty good. Um, like I said, I did some set design there and all that. But anyways, go check the Haunted Attraction out. That's the end of this episode. Like I said, we're going to be doing a lot more of these podcasts very soon. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please give us a like. Yeah, whatever platform you're on, just follow us, like us, subscribe to us, whatever it is. And we will see you guys on the next one. Happy hunting.